0: everyone and welcome to another episode of Johan's Rondos, a podcast all about football and all about tactics. Here we'll mainly discuss our beloved Barcelona and La Liga, but also so, so much more. If you want to know more about the wise and the house of the beautiful game, you've come to the right place. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Johan's Rondos, where we'll post all updates of the show as we go along. My name is Omojko Steinschuk, but you can call me Dom as ever. And today, I'm here with my brilliant co-hosts, Marcus and Kai. How are you feeling, boys?
1: Everything's good here. Uh, we still have quite a lot of summer here. So I'm enjoying the last sunny days.
2: Same here. <laughs> um, glad to have you back after two episodes without you. So everything's <laughs> back to back to normal.
0: <laughs> yeah, I am back after a short break. Uh, and I just know that you guys miss me dearly. Though. It must be so. Uh, look, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be back. I truly am. I was in Croatia for a couple of weeks on a short holiday and you know what? The the sun was shining, it was hot and I even went for a swim a couple of times. So it was just, you know, recharging the batteries. But anyway, we're not here to discuss holidays in Croatia as much as I do recommend that to everyone. Uh, We're here to chat football once more. Um, The Champions League is back, well, almost back, boys. Uh, And as ever, uh, this is a very exciting time for all football fans. And personally, I cannot wait for the show to start. Uh, are there any matchups that you feel could be more exciting than the others? Are, are you looking forward to a specific game, perhaps, or something like that?
2: I think the, the obvious answer is the, the group with Manchester City and uh, Paris, Saint Germain, which will be honestly going to be amazing, and Leipzig and Club uh, Brigade along them. So that's my top choice for now.
1: Okay.
0: Interesting. How about you, Kai? Would you highlight any other game, or would you agree with Marcus?
1: I would agree with Marcus. Uh, I would still highlight as well uh, Manchester United against uh mm. for the same reason because we already saw this matchup last season, but in the UK league. So seeing how both teams will evolve again against each other is definitely going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and the last fixture I'd highlight, uh, I think it's Dortmund against Ajax, if I remember well. Uh, and that's definitely a fixture that I feel is going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it, it can be difficult to choose for sure. I mean, it's tough. I would say groups A and B will definitely have some fireworks. I don't. I mean, it's 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 every almost every matchup is is unique in its own way. Uh, but I know it's super early and all that. We have no idea how what what might happen. But do you guys have you know perhaps of an early favorite to kind of win it all just based on squad strength potential and perhaps what you've seen from those teams uh, from then
1: until this point? I feel the hottest candidate for me is Chelsea uh, for the simple reason that I still don't get how to stop them. Uh, And they've only strengthened their squad with now Lukaku in. And and I honestly, I'm not sure who could really compete. Maybe Manchester City to a certain extent, but I don't see any other big side really breaking through if we look at their you know, recent form uh, and, of course, uh, their squad. I don't feel there's anyone as strong as Chelsea as of right now. Yeah, interesting pick. Uh, who would you pick, Marcus? Would you agree with Kai? Yeah,
2: it's obvious. Like The top uh, top teams like Chelsea are there, PSG, Manchester City. I think Liverpool have looked like maybe not surprisingly good, but very good in the start of the season. and I think they will have a good shot as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a difficult choice for sure. I, I mean, I myself would probably agree with the Chelsea shout. They really do look like the most complete team of them all. And th- this summer has been excellent for them as well. Uh, but Paris Saint-Germain, they're also a team to watch out. I mean, the thing with them is, you know, you know they've kept Mbappe just to maximize their chances of winning uh, Champions League this season particularly. And they will go all out. Of course, football doesn't just work like that and you just cannot really get all the best players and expect to win everything. But just seeing Mbappe and Messi together is something I cannot wait to to witness even more so than seeing Neymar and Messi back together. But anyway, as ever, we're here to focus on Barcelona a bit more uh, and maybe just La Liga teams in general. Uh, how do you feel about Barca's draw, Marcus? Uh, is it is it a good group for them? Is it too difficult? And just your general opinion, I guess.
2: I think it's like could be easier, but it also could be much uh, like way harder. Bayern mission will be tough to to get on. They're gonna be, I think, they're gonna win the group quite uh, comfortable. Atletico and uh, Shakhtar should be, uh, yeah, beatable.
0: Mm, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, well, how are you, Kai? What do you think about the
1: group? I think it's the right strength, and especially like the fact that we're facing Bayern first. Uh, because at least it keeps, you know, Barca, uh, you know, on the reality that, you know, we're still in reconstruction and that Barcelona is not unbeatable in any way. Uh, And as Marcus said, we could have gotten much worse. Uh, Not to say, you know, Donetsk, uh, who are actually strong, um, will not, you know, cause problems whatsoever. Uh, But I definitely think it's a good test, you know, to start with Bayern and have the sort of pressure. Uh, so that's why I definitely feel there is a chance of you know going through without you know saying we're going to win everything.
0: Yeah, that's that's a very good point. I have to agree with that. I feel like winning the group might be difficult, you know, just just because Bayern and Bayern and Barça and Barça, uh, but going through a second is, is is achievable, and and I would say it's is expected from Barcelona at this point. Uh, interestingly, as you've said, Kai, Bar- the Bayern game of the Camp Nou is Barcelona's Champions League opener. And needless to say, it, it's a very, very important game. It could set the whole tone of the whole group. Uh, but it's also one that will also be extremely difficult to win, I feel. So without going into any in-depth reasons as to why, Kai, how do you feel about this specific matchup? So Bayern versus Barca at the Camp Nou, uh, do you feel this is where Barca have to make a statement or are Bayern going to run them over again?
1: I think the issue is that there's a lot of injuries on both sides. Uh, but I definitely think it's a very tough uh, game. And according to recent injuries, I think Barca did not have the upper hand. But uh, with you know certain players uh, that can make a huge difference, I definitely think that Barca had a chance. Uh, but I'll still say I see Bayern uh, winning over Barca and pretty comfortably. Mm, yeah, that's
0: that, that's probably the reality of the things. But how do you feel about it, Marcus? As Kai
2: said, Bayern are obviously the favorites, but uh, like it's being on the camp Nou, Which Barca are like famous for their home record, which has been uh, brilliant in the past. Um, and Bayern started the season now. I'm obviously grasping for straws, but they they drew, uh, drew against Mönchengladbach Gladbach and narrowly won against Köln so I mean they haven't maybe like gotten up to pace yet and with Nagelsmann he's new implementing his ideas and stuff like that so if they are beatable at uh, some time on, on the season for Barca it's uh, probably now the best time
0: yeah that is a, that is a very good point it's still very early and teams are kind of getting settled especially teams with new coaches as you mentioned and I feel mostly the same is this match a winnable I would say so yes but is it going to be easy absolutely not I mean, we've already mentioned the 8-2 the game, and while that scoreline might not represent the ideal or the real situation on the pitch, it's still a huge stain on Barca's Champions League CV, if you want to call it that way. But let's dissect this matchup a bit more, though, like more tactically. Uh, Marcus, obviously, the starting eleven and the formations used by Koeman have been, well, a huge talking point throughout his tenure uh, overall. What are some of the, the biggest question marks uh, personnel-wise heading into the game that that Koeman should kind of answer, and what system do you think Barca Barth- should use heading into the game? Well, I think the
2: big issues now are uh, the injury uh, issues because we have uh, like Alba and Des are uh, like major doubts; they could both miss it. Might play both of them, we'll see, but um, could miss it. And then up top, Ansu and Dembélé are still out. Agüero is still out. Um, so yeah, I guess it's gonna opt for the four-three-three. I reckon playing uh, the dominant uh, three in the middle. Um, but then we'll see. I, f- I think Luke De Jong could have a good ch- good chance of uh, play a few minutes, if not start. It's not impossible, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I think it's the four-three-three is the probable probable formation.
0: Yeah, the, the main reason why I want this question answered is because of the rumors swirling around on social media and, and news outlets of Koeman reportedly wanting to deploy Barca in the uh, three-five-two formation. Uh, and we've already discussed this on, on, on the pod, and formations are usually just numbers uh, on a sheet of paper, right? But but the roles within those systems, within, within those numbers kind of change. Uh, and taking all of that into consideration, would you say, Kai, would you say that the 3 5 Two is a good formation for Barca? Does it, does it suit Barca's needs? And specifically with Bayern in mind, does it kind of uh, maximize their chances against Bayern specifically?
1: I feel that, I mean, I've said this a lot of times, but I still feel that the 3-5-2 and the 4-3-3 uh, that KUMM has employed are very similar uh, in terms of actual animation in possession, at least. Uh, but I'd say that the 3-5-2 could uh, potentially be more stable defensively, even uh, if I feel that, that I still feel that on the left, for example, uh, Barcelona might run into issues, uh, given that Alba is not there. Uh, but I still think the free has to also optimize this uh, offensively because you know, to play a 4 3 field without wingers to me doesn't make sense. And you don't have wingers, and we don't seem to have proper fullbacks either. Uh, which means this, to me, the free five two would offer a more compact organization uh, and in the realms of, you know, having the Jong and Memphis up front uh, and then, you know, ha- using free center backs, to me, makes the most sense.
0: Yeah, there are, there are definitely a couple of good points there. Um, Kuman might be going for a more compact defensive shape rather than looking ahead and, and, and planning to dominate the match, which is something that people have Kind of criticized him for in the past, you know, he, he is not the coach that necessarily wants to dominate uh, and have this stable possession phase all the time. But I'm curious as to, as to why he wants the three-five-two. apart from that, because that system kind of heavily depends on wingbacks, providing width and penetrative runs. And as you mentioned, Kai, we might just not have any wingbacks at all. I mean, at least not the profiles who would kind of soothe these, these more attacking and expansive roles. At a moment, you know, with both Alba and Des potentially out, it's a tricky situation. This hinders them immensely, and especially with a system that looks to maximize a team's transitional power as well. Because a 3 5 2 looks to aim, looks to do exactly that, you know, hit heavy on the counter attacks, do quick transitions, and then hurt the opposition through, you know, runs uh, in the wide areas. But let's focus on Barca's attack a bit more here and perhaps expand on these talking points further down the line of this episode. Marcus, how should Barcelona look to attack, you know, set up an attack? What, where do you see their biggest chances to hurt Bayern?
2: I think the key will be to beat their high press, which they always play like that. They go high and especially now with Nagelsmann, who like deployed the same kind of um, setup up with Leipzig. So it's going to be maybe it's maybe the best pressing team in Europe, in my opinion, or at least have the potential to, to be given the personnel and the coach um and the the key for barca will be to beat that press whether that's like sh- through short pass passing through the middle or through the wings or whatever or maybe a target man like the young up front who can keep like put long on him and keep the ball up front that's whatever but i think that will be the key because if barca don't beat this press they're going to get eaten up at the back and concede some easy easy
0: go- goals possibly yeah that's that's kind of the story of barca they uh, this this indeed might be the key. And I think this is a very important part because while Bayern are incredibly gifted in attack, it does feel like Barca can still hurt them. You know, defensively, they might be a bit shaky. We'll see. I mean, shaky is a, is, it's a relative term, but the, Bar- the Bavarians are very aggressive in their approach, as you mentioned, but there could be gaps for Barca to exploit. Um, Kai, how would you kind of describe Bayern's defensive tactics? And would you say that there are any gaps Barca could use in there? I mean, Marcus already mentioned that they are very aggressive, but maybe uh, shed some more light on on their their system.
1: I think um, the way Barcelona can exploit uh, um, Bayern's defense is actually tied to themselves in the sense that now with uh, De Jong coming in, uh, and I'm talking about the forward, uh, you have two very different forwards potentially, if we're assuming that Memphis uh, and him are playing. Uh, that of you know, somebody who's very mobile uh, in Memphis and somebody who's way less uh, mobile, but is very strong early. And I think that the two can complement very well. Uh, and when, when you take in mind that Frankie basically covered, covers the whole pitch, uh, much like Memphis in the attacking phase, I definitely think that Parsec can achieve some um, superiorities in relation to the fact, as uh, Marcus mentioned, that they're very aggressive. But given it's only the beginning with Nagelsmann, they're still not that sure often. And as far as I remember, I think Umecano is actually about to miss the match. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And I think Davis was unsure as well, uh, which means that obviously uh, there's not going to be the automatisms that Nagelsmann originally planned, uh, which is why I think that Barcelona's attack can actually uh, cause uncertainties in the defense that can be exploited.
0: Yeah, this is very interesting. And also, I think this is also a good time to get back to the previously mentioned issue of kind of of width and verticality or the lack of thereof in Barca's uh, squad without Alba and death let's, let's just assume that both of those players are out. Uh Barcelona could be without any outlets to hurt by in transitions or to just generally breach the defensive block through the wide areas. Uh, the 3-5-2 as we mentioned is highly dependent on your wing backs. But if Kuman doesn't have that many options to choose from, Barca could be in trouble. Kai, who would you start in those positions if you were Kuma now? Let's just assume that like both Best and Alba are unavailable. So that kind of gives us the the pool that consists of what? Mingueta, uh, who else? Um, Roberto and maybe uh, maybe Balde. Who would you start and how would you solve this with problem that Barca would definitely
1: have? Well, given that Alba is, seems to be injured, uh, outside Baude, and then on the right, I'd have two different throwbacks. I'd first start one of Mingueza Roberto, preferring Mingueza, uh, but man Roberto, and then around the 60th, depending on how things go, I would actually have the mirror uh, as a wing back uh, for the, sem- the simple reason that even if it's risky, uh, I think that it provides a tactical variation uh, in Barcelona's play that can go unexpected and therefore strike uh, because I think that mirror has the qualities uh, and at this point, uh, say, for example, we're 1-0 down, Barcelona won't have much to lose. So you might as well try Demir there uh, in the hope that it will push uh, Bayern more th- defensively. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good shout
0: uh, having considered that one. Demir as a wingback could work. He has the quality, as you said, and he's also quite hardworking as well. And I think that could work in his favor because Koeman seems to value players who put in a shift. Uh, but at the same time, not sure he's going to play Demir out of position in such a high-stack game. We'll see. It could happen mm-hmm. because we know that as soon as Barca go down and Koeman kind of starts throwing all the forwards back onto the pitch. So it could happen. Uh, but let's just kind of narrow it down to the choice between Roberto and Migueza. Uh, it's difficult, obviously, but if Alba is out too, then Kuhn will have to play both or perhaps resort to Balde on the left side. Marcus, do you think he should play Roberto out of position on the left? Or would you gamble with someone like Balde despite it being a huge occasion in the Champions League against Bayern of all teams? Balde is young, but he's got so much talent. He could could do that, potentially.
2: Yeah, Mies and, like, watching from an outside perspective would like... like probably obviously uh, like to see balde because of the this youth and enthusiasm you want, always want to see these young new players but kuman watches his, him every day in training he probably knows if he's ready or not uh, i don't think he'll play balde i would be happy if he did but i think roberto is the probable choice uh, to the left if alba is out
0: yes i would i would agree with that kuman props to him he has given some youngsters you know, chances here and there, but mostly it was out of necessity when other players were were not available. And I think for a game like this one, he'll probably go with a slightly safer option, I would say, because Roberto can, I mean, he has his qualities, but Roberto can be a liability, especially in defense. Uh, And when you play him out of position as well on the left side, I'm not just, I'm just not sure how, how well that's going to work out, but we'll have to wait and see. But Marcus, just let me get back to you one more time. If you were to highlight any specific matchups for Barcelona in the attacking phase, uh, who would that be? What would they be? Uh, where do you see the game tilting in Barca's favor?
2: I think the central midfield will be key here because uh, it's probably Barca's uh, main area of strength with the young uh, Busquets and Pedri. But we also, like, we're going, Barca's going up against and Goretska, which is, for me, could be maybe the best uh, central midfield in the world because I think, both of them are honestly incredible. And Goretzka's start to the season has been sensational. Even with Germany and Hansi Flick's Germany, who has looked uh, very, very good. He has been their best player, probably. Uh, with Sané and Gnabry, maybe, who also plays in Bayern. So, you know, it's going to be a tough game. But I think the central midfield battle is uh, going to be clutch.
0: Yeah, that's, I would agree with that. I mean, for Barca, it's always been the midfield, right? When things go well, that, that usually means the midfield is doing what they're supposed to do. And more often than not, they are. Because if there is quality in this team, then it's definitely in the midfield and the starting lineup in that midfield. is just the quality is off the charts still. But okay, let's, well, okay, we'll see about that one. Let's move on to the defensive phase for Barca, which, if we're being completely honest, it's kind of the shakiest part of their game. Uh, looking at Bayern and Kai, uh, they are such an attacking juggernaut that most of the fans have kind of already lost hope, I would say, uh, how would you describe Bayern's general style of play in possession? How do they attack? Are, and maybe perhaps,
1: are there any faults in their system that you think Barca could potentially use? Well, I would say that the left wing is a high one for Bayern, especially considering that sun, both Sunny and Musiala um, have actually been brilliant. As far as I remember, uh, Sané has like four goals in the league alone uh, in five starts. Uh, and Musiala has just been a- electric to me because he's a- such a different profile uh, despite his young age to any other player there's in Bayern. Uh, as far as I know, Müller is injured. Uh, so that's been interesting to see um, how they develop without him because I definitely think it's when uh, you have a combination of players like Müller, uh, Sané and then Lewandowski, Uh, you definitely have, you know, a very complete uh, trio, Uh, but he's not there, so it'll be interesting, but I definitely expect them to insist on the wings uh, given the players. It makes certain sense when you have son Gnabry and, as I said, Musial eventually. Uh, I should not mention that Lewandowski is, well, he's Lewandowski, so there's not much to say about that. And they proved, for example, against Köln, that even when it uh, they may not, you know, be at their peak, but they're still very dangerous on their moments. Uh, so I think that uh, what Barca should do is keep focused because last season that was the main issue. It's that Barca could play defensively correctly for 60 minutes, but those two minutes where the open would score goals, uh, that's where Barca had inaccuracies. So I think that's the problem. But uh, as we said before, I think that Barcelona really has to calm down uh, when getting attacked and I think when you have somebody like García uh, playing now in the defense instead of an erratic long lay, uh, you have the chances uh, with, for example, uh, Garcia, Busquets and the John and Pedri to actually break through uh, Bayern's pressing given that they press very high. Uh, so, and given, given that Memphis is a very mobile player, I definitely think that if he drops deep, Barcelona can afford to actually sort of sustain the, the press that Bayern have uh, and absorb it. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And we'll see. And, and I like this point that you mentioned as
0: well about Barca kind of switching off at times. And that's kind of a mentality issue. But at the same time, it's something that Koeman should kind of... He should be able to react well and he should be able to to use his in-game man management. Because let's remember, this has been the huge talking point about Koeman. Ever since he joined Barsa, it, it was his man management, it was his authority that he could kind of instill onto the players. So I would like to see more of that when Barca needed, uh, you know, mid-game when they switch off and they look to concede both possession and goals. I would like to see Kuman kind of make the difference. Maybe, maybe even with personnel. I, I know he he should come up with a solution on his own. But you know, with all of this taken into consideration, and considering that this is and we're talking about it's difficult to even expect Barcelona to defend well, especially when we know that they're not exactly the most stable team out of possession. Uh, Marcus, how do you think they should approach this matchup defensively? Should they look to press and recover possession high or maybe resort to a deeper block, which is what the 3-5-2 structure is suggesting, right? Because the 3-5-2 is kind of the more compact and more stable out of possession structure. So is this what Kuman is aiming for or... It, or is it something that he should be aiming for?
2: I think he, given that it's um, like in Camp Nou and the first Champions League game against uh, like a high quality, high status team, I think maybe want to like prove a point, we're here, we're Barca, we're not afraid and maybe try to press high. And that's, I don't think Barca's high press has been good like ever during Kuman. It, it has been a big issue for Barca. And maybe then he'll like revert to the lower block when he realizes that this won't work. Um, but that's going to be a big issue because Bayern München, they're going to play out from the back. They're good at it. Nagelsmann's teams are always good at it. And when the setup is good for them, which I don't know if it it is yet, it's early in the season, implementing his ideas and all that. But if they hit, like if they play good, I don't think whatever Barca does, they're not going to win the game if Bayern get everything right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, That's what I... I'm thinking as well. Bayern is so good at playing out of the back, especially with the new coaches you've said. So Barstow had to be perfect in the high press if if they wouldn't accomplish something uh, in that way. Because if they play the cards wrong and Bayern play straight through them, it's going to be it's going to be a mess a mess of a game for them. But Kai, let me get back to you one more time. You want to talk about Sane specifically a bit in more detail? This season we've seen him on the left side as opposed to the right. And it's done wonders to kind of rejuvenate a player. Uh, worryingly, however, for Barcelona, that puts him in a matchup versus either Roberto, Migueza or Dest, depending on if he's healthy or not. But none of those players are exactly defensive juggernauts. Okay, Migueza is good, but against Sané, it might be worrying. Is this potentially a matchup Barcelona fans, or Barcelona in general, should worry about?
1: I definitely think it's an issue. Uh, given the fact that, for example, Sané last year was played on the right by, by Flick. Uh, so people, I think, sort of have forgotten uh, what sort of player Sané was at Manchester City on the left. Uh, and as I as I said earlier, he's had like four goals or something since the beginning of the season, uh, which basically everything you need to know about Sané's form as of now. Uh, he's definitely uh, an issue. However, uh, I, I do have hope that Araujo's stability, if should he play on the right, which I expect him to, uh, could therefore you know protect one of Minguez's Roberto. And I think as long as Minguéz and Roberto uh, avoid the one v one situation, they'll be fine. Uh, for the simple reason that in most cases, Araujo should be somewhere behind, and therefore it should be fine. Uh, but again, it's definitely an issue because you're talking basically about Bayern's potentially biggest threat. Uh, that you can find on both wings. So definitely think that that's an issue to address. Uh, and there's no clear answer to, you know, to what extent can Roberto Mingueza catch up with him. Because uh, we've seen that type of winger having causing uh, issues last year when we had PSG and Mbappe was basically uh, toying with tests. So to see whether Sonic could potentially be that sort of issue uh, is definitely a concern to think about.
0: Yes, exactly. That's that's. I think I feel like that's why kuman wants the three-five-two, just to have the extra defender on the uh there covering for the for the wing back as well. Because as you've said, if we have Araujo there, uh, and him in the combination with let's say Minguesa, for example, that should be enough. But if you get Sane isolated one versus one with well any of the other defenders, uh, even Araujo, maybe Araujo could go toe to toe with him, but it would be, be difficult for him as well. Uh, Sana would beat most of those players in a one which is one situation. So it's it's sort of a smart move by Kuman defensively, but at the same time, I'm just worrying if that leaves Barca without any clear outlets going forward because if we defend well, but cannot really transition into attack well, then then we're back at square one, like back at zero. But we'll see how Kuman kind of solves that problem Uh, Just just to wrap things up, Marcus, what would you say are Bayern's biggest weapons in attack, and how should Barcelona look to neutralize them?
2: I think that's what's so scary about Bayern because, like, their biggest weapon, most people would probably like say Lewandowski because it's Lewandowski; it's always scoring goals. But if he has a bad game, they have Sane or Gnabry or Musiala, who suddenly looks like a top player all of a sudden, coming from nowhere. Then they have Kimmich; it's like super players everywhere. So. Barca need to have a collective, like a perfect game to to stop them or hope that uh, all of the Manchester players have a have a bad game because uh, otherwise they, they are a super team. I don't think we mentioned them as a potential Champions League winner, but they are at the top with City, Chelsea, PSG and all, all those teams.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a bit a scary thought. I mean, Barca will have to be on top of their game to even kind of compete with Bayern. But at the same time, anything can happen uh and i think that if we can avoid uh the, the the past results you know the the, the a2 uh, it, sh- it should be it should be fine but all right i think this is a good point to finish um uh, we've covered the attacking phase and the defensive phase and the, just the general setups uh all that remains is to just kind of wait for the news and see who's available and who's not available and we'll see what kuman Uh, comes up with Um, and there you have it folks another episode all wrapped up and as ever all the feedback is appreciated we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did and don't forget to follow us on all major podcast platforms and on Twitter at JohansRondos Marcus, Kaya, thank you very much for your time and stay tuned for next week when we'll dive into more Barcelona and La Liga content have a good one folks